Well, good morning, church. Welcome. We are glad that you're here. If this is your first time, we are so thankful that you've chosen to worship with us this morning. My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here, and we just want to say welcome. We are glad that you're here. We would love for you to check in. Uh, let us know that you're here. The instructions on how to do that are on the screen behind me, and if you're watching online, they're on the bottom of the screen there. We'd love to know that you are with us this morning. Well, we have a couple things coming up. I'll make sure that you're aware of. First, our holiday schedule has been published. It's out. Make sure you check that out. One of the things that you'll notice is that um, next week, there's only going to be a 1030 service. So if you come the wrong time, you'll be by yourself eating Thanksgiving in the car. So uh, don't show up at the wrong time next week. 1030 service. We'll be have one service, and we can't wait to see you then. Um, also, you'll see things like uh, Christmas Eve registration and all the events going on this holiday season there at stetson.church slash Christmas. Make sure you check that out. Second thing is this. Night to Shine is one of our favorite events, and we are signing up volunteers. Instructions on how to do that are on the screen. Make sure that you register to be a Night to Shine volunteer. If you're not familiar with Night to Shine, it is a prom for people with special needs. They dance. They have a great time. It is a lot of fun, and we'd love for you to be a part of that, so make sure you sign up there. Well, church, we are glad that you're here. We're going to pray. Ask God to bless this time, and so if you will, pray with me, and let's continue with worship. Father God, we thank come to you this morning just thanking you for how amazing of God that you are. God, we are so thankful for your church, for the light it provides, for the hope that it provides, for the ministries it provides, for all the things that you do through not this building, not the organization spread across the world, but through the people who walk through the door every Sunday. So God, I pray that we be a better church, a church that honors you and does our best to impact our community for you. God, we're so thankful for Jesus which is why we do everything. We pray this in his name. Amen. Good Sunday morning, church. Come on, let's stand up together. It's Thanksgiving week. We want to say thankful. We are thankful to our God this morning. Into the night Wanting a place to hide This weary soul I try with all my might, but I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting. Oh, back on. And just when I ran out of road, I met a man I didn't know, and he told me that I was not alone. Come on, church. He picked me up. He turned me around. He placed my feet on solid ground. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior because He healed my heart. It changed my name. Forever free, I'm not the same. I thank the Master. I thank the Savior. I thank God. Are you thankful today? I cannot deny what I've seen. Got no choice but to believe. My doubts are burning. Like ashes in the wind. So, so long to my old friends. Burden and bitterness. You can't just keep it moving. Yeah, you ain't welcome here. No, no, no. From 
Let's worship. Were creation suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one cry, then from north to south and east to west, we'd hear Christ be magnified. Were the whole earth echoing His eminence, His name would burst from sea and sky. From Oh 
Jesus, we worship you today. We thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being a faithful and loving God. In your name we pray. Amen. Would you please be seated? thing to be a part of a church that um, is moving, is growing, is, uh, is making a difference. I, I just, I've had the privilege just recently, um, we're in the process of searching for a couple of staff members, and so as you do that, you, you get a chance to talk to people from other places, and you talk to people that are in ministry in other places, and you get a chance to just kind of have conversations about what God is doing here. And I am so glad to be able to share what you are. I'm so glad to be able to share what type of a church you are, that you're not just sitting back and saying, well, you know, I mean, something is happening kind of maybe every once in a while. But no, you are active and you are moving and God is using you in a powerful way. I'm so grateful that we have an opportunity to sing songs like Build Your Church. And when we, when we look for video footage that so we don't have to go searching, we're just like, well, how much do you want? about what God is doing in our midst. It is so exciting to be a part of a church that's, that, that we're seeing God move. And we have the privilege of being able to celebrate every time we come together. Um, we, there are churches, and I know you know this, there are churches that are very humdrum, run-of-the-mill, well, we're here for another week. They haven't seen baptisms in weeks, years, months, a long time. And we'll have a baptism in our 11 o'clock service today. And so that's so exciting to see that God is moving here. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to you. I'm grateful that we have the privilege of being able to, to celebrate that. That kind of brings me to where we are today. We're talking about the power of routine and we've been talking about all of these different elements of routine, attending worship, reading your Bible, praying, fasting, giving generously. Today we're going to talk about sharing your faith. And next week we're going to talk about practicing community. Now I'm going to tell you, we're going to talk about practicing community next Sunday. It's going to be a great day. It's also the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And I know you've already heard this once, but we're going to have one service, all three services coming together. We're going to worship all together at 1030. I just one of my favorite days. The reason it's one of my favorite days is because I get to sit up here um, before the service and I get to see all of you walk in and fight in the aisles about who's going to sit in what seat. Because I promise you, whatever seat you're currently sitting in, there's somebody else that sits there at the 8.30 and 11 o'clock service. And it's always fun to watch. Um, you're welcome to come uh, at 9.45. You'll just be about 45 minutes early. So we're going we're gonna to worship next Sunday at 10.30. Everybody together. And we're going to talk about practicing community, and I think it really fits uh, really well. Today, though, we are going to talk about um, sharing your faith. As we've walked through this, this series, we have talked about different elements of each one of these, about how if we don't do this, then we'll not grow. If we don't do this, then we're not going to advance. If we don't do this, then we're not going to be drawing closer to God. If we don't do this, then we're not going to see God move in our lives. I will tell you today... 
if we don't share our faith, then we could very well be the end of the church. Now, I know that Jesus said that the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I do believe that in God's providence and in his power and in his sovereignty, he can accomplish anything. But he has placed it in our hands to share the message of Christ with the people we see every day. He has given us that opportunity and that responsibility. He has given us that mission to share the message of Christ with people. And if we don't do this, we will not be singing songs like Build Your Church. We will be songs, singing songs like I Remember When. Oh, yeah, it used to be. Friend, I don't want to live in a used to be church. I want us to be a people that are always about sharing the message of Christ moving forward. This is our call. This is our commission. This is our job. This is our responsibility. If you'll let me put it in a real preachery way of saying it, we need to make it hard to go to hell from the land. We need to make it difficult. We need to challenge people on living their lives the way they want to live them. And we need to say there is a better way and it's the way of Jesus. We are called to that. So let us take on the mission. Romans chapter 10 is where we're going to be looking today. Romans chapter 10. I just want to read a few verses there. And then we're going to have a time of, of application and specifically prayer today. So Romans chapter 10, starting in verse 12. This is what Paul writes to the church at Rome. He says, for there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Paul starts this passage off by saying that there's nobody that is closer to God than another because of your background or because of your family or because of your nationality or because of the language that you speak or because of your, uh, because of your uh, genetics. There is no one that says, I'm closer to God because, see, he was writing to a group of people that would have kind of wrestled with that of are the Jews closer to God because they've kind of been God's people all along well are the Gentiles closer to God because they haven't been God's people all along they haven't messed up as bad as the Jews so the Gentiles must be better and Paul is saying it doesn't matter it doesn't matter Jew Gentile it doesn't matter American Israeli Canadian Mexican Puerto Rican South American it doesn't matter it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter who you think you might be. It doesn't matter how much you have. It doesn't matter what part of town you live in. It doesn't matter how big your house is. It doesn't matter what car you drive. It doesn't matter what brand of clothes you have on. Everyone stands level against God, and it means that we are all a bunch of sinners. There's not a person in this room. There's not a person in this city there's not a person in this country that can say, well, look at me, I've got it. We are all level. There's not a person that stands closer to God because we're all level because of our sin, because of our failure to live up to his standards. In the same way, there's also 
no one that is below anyone else. There's no one above anyone else. There's also no one below anyone else. He describes that by saying, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Not just good people. Not just the right people. Not just the people that have done this or done this or done this. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How are you saved? Call on the name of the Lord. Who can call on the name of the Lord? Everyone. There's not a person in the world that cannot call on the name of the Lord and be saved. We are all privileged to be able to call on him. What does it mean to call on him? If you can imagine, it's like a little child on a playground who is swinging and all of a sudden gets a little too far over the swing and goes and hits the ground. And what are they going to do? They're going to cry for mommy. And what are they doing in that moment? They are saying, mommy, come to me. Mommy, come help me. Mommy, come save me. Mommy, come help me. Take me away from this anxiety. Take me away from this pain. Take me away from this moment. Comfort me. Hold me. Help me. That's what it means to call on the name of the Lord. We are are fallen. And we call on the name of the Lord to come and to pick us up and to hold us and to save us from our own fallenness. To help us in the difficulty that we are experiencing. There is no one too high. There is no one too low. He then goes on in verse 14. He says, how then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? Paul goes on this progression of things. I'll I'll give it to you. He basically says they must believe to call. They must hear to believe. They must be preached to to hear. And they must be sent to preach. If you're not sent, you won't preach. If you don't preach, they won't hear. If they don't hear, they won't believe. And if they don't believe, they won't call. Let me, hear, let me let you hear this today from your pastor. Today, I'm telling you, you are sent. Never, ever, ever think, well, nobody ever sent me. No, you're here today and you are sent. So share the message so they might hear the message, so they might believe in Jesus, so they might call on the name of the Lord and be saved. Well, this is not my job. Wait a minute. Preacher, isn't that your job? No, 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 no. It is my job to send you. And it is my job to be sent. I have to live that out, but so do you. We are called to share the message so that others may hear, so they may believe, so they may call on the name of the Lord and be saved. He goes on, he says, how beautiful As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. He goes on to say, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? These are two quotes from Isaiah chapter 52 and 53. And basically what it means is that there is still work left to be done. There is still work left to be done. And the ones who do the work are beautiful unto the Lord. 
We are the ones who carry the message of salvation into the world. We are the ones that carry the message of salvation into the lives of those who need to hear it. We are beautiful as we carry that message. And there's always going to be work left to be done until Jesus returns. The message of the cross must be shared. The message of Jesus must be shared. We are called to do it. And then in verse 17, he finishes up this section where he says, So faith comes from hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. This is the crux of the matter. Faith comes from hearing. And hearing comes from the word of Christ. As we experience the word of Christ, we are drawn into a relationship with him. And we are drawn to believe in him, to have faith in him. So I just want to ask you a couple of questions. Really simple we're just going to kind of take that and we're going to say, okay, now, Lord, what do you want to do in us and and how do you want us to apply this? We've tried to be really, really practical throughout this series, and so we're going to do that again today. I just want to ask you a quick question. Is there anyone, is there someone, is there a person in your life that you care about that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior? I want you to think for just a second. Is there someone that you care about? Maybe a family member, maybe a friend, maybe a coworker, maybe a neighbor. Is there someone that you care about that does not know Jesus as their Savior? Just so we're all on the same page. If you can think of someone right now in your life that you care about that doesn't know Jesus as your Savior, would you show me? Is there anyone? Doesn't surprise me. So what? So we're all kind of on, on ground level here. We know that there are people in our lives that need this message. Amen? Yes, there are people in, the, in our lives that need to hear the message of Christ. There are people in our lives that we care about, that we love. Family members, friends, coworkers, schoolmates, classmates. There are people in our lives that we love, that we care about, that do not know Jesus as their Savior. To put it very morbidly, if they were to die suddenly... We would stand at their gravesite and know that we had the message to share, and yet they never believed. And their eternal destiny would be in our hands. And we never told them. Do you know someone? And then, second question Do you have the tools to share Jesus with them? And now I, I realize that all of you are like, yes, I know somebody. And now that I say, do you have the tools? You're like, I, I'm not sure I do. Well, let me fix that for you. Because I, I feel like you need to have the tools. Here's your first tool, and it's not going to show up there on the screen. The others will. But uh, the, the first tool is this question. Hey, can I share something with you that my pastor shared on Sunday? That's a good transitional question. You can, you can take that from anywhere. Hey, my pastor was talking about something on Sunday, and he shared something, and I just want to, would you mind if I shared it with you? If they say no, share it anyway. Be offensive. I'm, just, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding, kind of. Can I just share something with you that my pastor shared 
with me on Sunday. It's really simple. And then share with them this. This is a really simple diagram of what it means to give your life to Jesus. If you've been through our membership class, you've already seen this. If you've been around for a while, you've probably seen this. But if this is brand new to you, awesome. So glad you're here. What does that mean? Well, let me just walk through it. And I put it up there so that you could take your phone and take a picture. This is a way that you can share the message of Christ with somebody. Let me go through it really quickly. God's design. God created everything perfect. There was nothing that he did not create completely perfect. Everything was right. We were in right relationship with God. God created everything just how it should be. But we messed it up by our sin. Anything we do, say, or think that is against God is sin. And it messes up God's design. And it introduces brokenness into the world. If you don't believe the world is broken, you're not paying attention. Broken families, broken lives, broken emotions, broken cultures, broken communities, broken families, broken hearts, broken, 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 broken. If you don't believe it's broken, just scroll social media for about five seconds. You'll find brokenness. God did not create brokenness. We created brokenness with our sin. And we try to fix our brokenness in all different ways. Those are those squiggly lines. We try to fix our brokenness by saying, well, I'll just do better. Well, I'll just trade this relationship for that relationship. Well, I will say, I I don't like my family anymore, so I'm going to go adopt another family. I don't like my husband anymore, so I'm going to find another husband. I'm going to like my wife anymore, so I'm going to find another wife. Or, or, I'm, I, you know, I'm, or hey, I'm just going to go to church more because that's going to fix my brokenness. All of those are squiggly lines. It, we can come down all the way to the point of, of really understanding that sometimes we try to fix our brokenness with even bad things. We, fix, we try to fix our brokenness with, uh, with, with addiction, or we try to fix our brokenness with substance abuse, or we try to fix our brokenness with, with uh, you know, kind of stepping out on a relationship that we've committed to. We fi- try to fix our brokenness in a thousand different ways, but they're all squiggly lines, and they don't get us anywhere. The only thing that fixes our brokenness is the gospel. It's the message of Jesus. Let me put the gospel simply for you. The gospel is that Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. That's, that, is, that is like a lot of pages put into a very, very short statement. Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross, was buried, and rose again. That's the gospel. That is the solution to our brokenness. But it's not enough just to know the gospel. We actually must do something about it. That's where that repent and believe comes in. We repent of our way. We say, Lord, I wanted to do things my way. Now I'm doing things your way. I want to turn from my way and turn towards you. And I believe in the message of the gospel that Jesus lived and died and rose again. I believe. I repent of my way. I turn towards your way. And I believe. And when we do that, we have the privilege of being able to recover and pursue God's design for our life. 
We get a chance to live the life that God always intended. We get a chance to live in right relationship with God. We get a chance to live a life of purity and wholeness and holiness and and righteousness, not because of anything we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. The beautiful thing is that when we recover and pursue God's design for our life, we actually get a chance to recover and pursue God's design for the world around us too. Christians do the world good. Believers help the world to be better. We get a chance to to promote the purpose of God in our lives and in the world. And when we do that, we get a chance to experience what God originally intended for life. God's design was perfect. We introduce brokenness by our sin. We repent and believe in the gospel and we recover and pursue God's design. I don't know how to lead someone to Jesus. Have you taken a picture? I don't know how to tell somebody what it means to give their life to Jesus. Have you taken a picture? And maybe, just maybe, for some of you that have like 17,000 pictures in your phone, favorite this one. Heart this one. Because the worst thing that you could do is to get to that moment and say, I took a picture. Hold on. Have you ever been this person? Hold on. I'll find it. I promise it's here. And you're just scrolling. And can I tell you, the person that's looking, that, that you know, wants to see that picture that is like standing there, they're now behind you going, oh my goodness. They've scrolled for 45 minutes. They're still looking for a picture. If you don't know how to favorite a picture, ask your kids or your grandkids. I promise you they know how to do it. This is how you can share the message. And it's so simple. It's so easy. And it's, it's intended to be easy. It's intended to be that simple. Three circles, three arrows, and some squiggly lines. A few words, and you got it. Take picture I'm looking to be sure nobody else is still taking a picture because let's yeah thank you because um let's just say that you get to that moment let's okay so now now remember it's about tools what do you do then what do you do you're like okay I I, I did it I said and and we got to the end and the person said that sounds good I want to do that uh He didn't give me that tool. What am I supposed to do now? Now you lead them to pray to receive Christ. I don't know how to do that. I'll tell you what. Take a picture. There's nothing magic about this prayer. There's nothing magic about these words. As a matter of fact, you have probably heard me hundreds of times at the end of services share a message like this and i've said something like hey we're going to lead you in a word of prayer and if you don't know uh, you know we we don't believe that anybody should ever pray alone so we're just all going to pray together this is there's nothing magic about these words but i wrote them because i know how it is you're like when the pastor says we'll just lead them to pray to receive christ you're like well i don't know what words to use use those That's a good place to start. You can substitute. It doesn't have to be those words. There's nothing in the Bible that says, here's the words you say to ask Jesus into your heart. It's not about that prayer. It's about whether or not you really believe it in your heart. You've probably heard me say something like that. It's not the words of this prayer that matters. It's what you believe in your heart. But 
Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. We're proclaiming, we're confessing that I've messed up. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. We're believing in the gospel. I ask you to forgive me. Please forgive me of my sins. Please um, uh, come into my heart and be my savior and help me to live for you from this point forward. That is a repentance. That's a statement of repentance. In your name I pray, amen. Really simple. You can just say it phrase by phrase. Dear Jesus, dear Jesus. I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I I believe that you died on the cross. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to forgive me. Again, it's not the words. It's the belief. It's the truth of that prayer. I don't know how to lead somebody to Jesus. I don't know how to lead somebody to pray. Have you taken a picture? Because it's right there in front of you. You were sent. You have the tools. I have two more quick questions. You know somebody who, has, who needs to give their life to Jesus. You raised your hand and said, yeah, I've got a name in mind. You said, yes, I, 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 okay, I don't have the tools. Well, now you do. So I have two quick questions. If not you, who? Who's going who's gonna to lead that person to Christ? If it's not you, who's it going to be? If not now, When? If not now, when? I I know I need to. I know I need to, but I'll do it next year. I I, I don't know. I I don't want to make this morbid. I don't want to make this weird. You may not have next year. You just might not. There may, you say, well, but I, It can't be me. It needs to be somebody else. There may not be somebody else. God has placed that person on your heart for a reason. It's not an accident. Well, I know what I'll do. I'll just invite the preacher to come over and talk to them. Y'all, I mean, I'll do that. But that person knows you. They don't know the preacher. They have a relationship with you, not a relationship with the preacher. If not you, who? And if not now, when? Do we have an urgency for seeing people come to believe in Jesus? Does it matter? If it does, and I know it does, if not you, who's it going to be? And if it's not now, When's it going to happen? You have the tools. You have been sent. Go. Preach. So they might hear. So they might believe. So that person that you raised your hand to represent may call on the name of the Lord and be saved. It is up to us. And we cannot back down from what God 
He's placed in front of us. So the time that we have left, we're just going to take a few moments and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for these people. If you want to, if you want to kind of make your chair an altar, if you want to kneel or if you want to come here and kneel or if you just want to kind of bow your head and just get alone before God, we're going to take a few moments and we're just going to pray. We're going to pray that God would use us, that God would work through us to have someone come to know Jesus as their Savior. So would you just bow your head and would you just begin You can do this out loud. You can do this quietly. You can do this in your heart. You can do this with your mouth. But would you just begin to tell God about the person that is on your mind right now? Tell God about that person that you know that that needs to follow Jesus. Would you just tell them who they are and and how you know them and, and, and why that person, why you think that person might have come to your mind? Just tell it. you ask God to make that that person see in whatever way he can would you ask God to make that person see that they need Jesus they would come face to face with their brokenness that they would realize that they have nothing if they don't have Jesus that they would struggle in their life until they realize that they need Jesus just ask God to make them see that Jesus is the only thing that they need. He's what they're missing. Ask him. you ask God to motivate you to share the message of Jesus with that person ask this is going to be uncomfortable but ask God to make you uncomfortable until you do ask God to keep bringing that person's name to your mind and to your heart until you share Jesus with that person ask God to have that name in your head when you wake up in the morning and right before you go to bed at night until you're willing to share Jesus with that person. Ask God to make you motivated to share the message. you ask God for boldness (laughs) boldness to open your mouth I know for so many in this room you're just scared you're just fearful of what might happen or what someone might say ask God to make you bold ask him to put the words in your mouth 
and to give you the energy to share the message. Ask God for boldness. share the message, ask God for the person that you're praying for. Ask him that that person would listen with an open heart and an open mind. Ask God to prepare that person's heart to hear the message. So many of those people we've raised our hand representing that we feel like they're closed off, that they just don't want to hear. Ask God to make their heart open. final prayer and I believe that so many people in this room there might be people that say I don't want to say that but I'm going to ask you to commit to God that you will share the message of salvation with that person before December 31st before the end of the year you will you will take a step and you will share the message before the end of the year would you commit that to God make a declaration Say, God, I will do this before December 31st. I will do this before the end of the year. God, there have been some serious prayers prayed in this, prayed in this room. There have been some significant things that have been said. And so, God, we just ask that you would take our prayers and that you would hear everyone and that you would answer them in the way that only you can. God, would you motivate us? Would you make us wholly discontented until we fulfill the task that you've placed in front of us? Do not let us delay. Do not let us shirk our responsibility. God, make us follow through. We want to be the people that you've called us to be. But God, there are others in our life that need to hear the message of salvation. So God, would you motivate us to share that message? Would you open their heart? Would you open their mind? accomplish your purpose even before the end of the year as uncomfortable as that might be let us take that step before the end of the year as 
you continue to pray, I just want to ask you a simple question. Because there may be someone that came here today and you might be the very person that somebody here is thinking about. Somebody might have your name in mind. And maybe you're sitting here today and you came to church, maybe for the very first time, but there's something deep inside that you know you've never given your life to Jesus. You saw the diagram and you said, I need that. That's your starting place. And I'd love to, for you to have an opportunity right now, right here, to put your faith in Jesus. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, but you want to, I'd love to lead you in a simple prayer of what it means to ask Jesus in your heart. Just so I know who I'm praying with. If you want to give your life to Jesus right here, right now, would you just lift your hand up in the air? I'd love to pray with you. Amen. Anyone else? I want to give my life to Jesus, and I want to do it right now. Amen. It's awesome. Anybody else? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to do it right now. This is your moment. Don't miss out. Yeah. Anyone else? I want to give my life to Jesus. Amen. Anyone else? People all over the room. It's so awesome to see. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to do it right now. This is your moment. If you're one of those who raised your hand, or maybe if you, for whatever reason, just couldn't raise your hand, but you know that you need Jesus, I want to lead you in a simple prayer. Something like what we talked about earlier. It won't be word for word. but just something that allows you to say, I want Jesus in my life, and I want Jesus in my heart. We don't believe anyone should pray alone, so all around the room, there are going to be people that pray right along with you. So all across the room, would you just pray this prayer out loud? Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I've messed up so many times in my life. But I believe in you. I believe you lived and died on the cross for me. Come into my heart. Be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. And help me to live for you. From this moment on. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, all around the room, people just gave their life to Jesus. Isn't that awesome to see? I will never get over seeing people raise their hands and pray that prayer of salvation. But I'll tell you, that is a first step. We'd love to talk with you about what you just did. We'd love to share with you about maybe some next steps that you can take. We'd love to get you involved in some ministry opportunities and so that you can grow in your faith. That is a wonderful first step, and it's huge. Some of you just took a step of faith that you never thought you would ever take. But I'll tell you, it's a, it's a first step. The next is to be a part of a church and, and to build some relationships that can help you to grow in that faith. At the end of the service, our pastors will be down here at the front. We'd love to talk with you about what God's doing in your life. For the rest of you, you are sent. You have the tools. You've even prayed a prayer of commitment. Some of you got to that last one, you were like, I'm not praying that. You, many of you have prayed a prayer of commitment that before the end of the year, you will share that message of salvation with that person. Don't 
back down from that. You never know what God might do by simply sharing what God's done in your life. Let's stand. Let's sing this closing song and let's continue our time of worship.